Talk Faithful, your host, your boy, George Mackay, back in studio, pre-recorded as I always do in these COVID-19 times. Uh, today is a very special day. Today I have one of the hottest stars in wrestling, period, on the show today. Very excited to bring him to the show. Please help me welcome, hope I'm saying it right, D-Man Dan Parker to Straight Talk Wrestling. How are you, sir? How are you, my man? COVID's making me good. I'm good. Nice. Just hanging out, trying to enjoy COVID as much as possible, make the most of it. Where are you right now? Are you in LA currently? Uh, no, thank God, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that would suck. <laughs> no, uh, it wouldn't suck too bad. Like, but like, I think it's better to be in Canada than in the States. Right now, they're, we're handling it a lot better than they are. But no, I'm actually in the city. Perfect. I've been locked down in the city, so hasn't been too bad. Well, that's good. That's good. You know what, man? Okay. I've had a lot of pleasure of seeing you up close and personal at a few shows. I saw you at a Destiny show. I was actually supposed to see you at a crossbody show in March, but uh, due to COVID, that got... Oh, yeah, that would have been a good show. That would have been a crazy show, man. I was excited to see you, but I did get to see you at the last show that I attended, which was a battle arts show, and you fought Sexy Stan Smith. For, um, the... Oh, that's hilarious! Yes, yes. Yeah, I literally just got back from uh, the Winter Death Tour that week, and that was a great match. I mean, every match I've seen you in has been impressive, but the one thing I got to say the most I find about you is your character. You're so pro Canadian, and you know that because you're from Canada, you're great. You were born great, and um, I just love I love everything about it, especially though the catchphrase because Canadians are known for being polite and always saying I'm sorry. But you don't say I'm sorry the way 95% of Canadians say it. You say it with a little bit of flavor at the end of it. You know what I mean? Well, I, I think Canadians say it that way too when they're pissed off, right? Yes. Or if they're annoyed somewhere, it's like, well, like, well sorry there, bud. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. So, you know what, let's just talk it's about just, it. It's just that side turned up. It is, well, isn't that what all wrestling characters are in general, though? It's pretty much you, but a very turned-up version of you to, like, the 10th or 20th or 100th power, if you will. We'll go with Spinal Tap 11. <laughs> Spinal Tap 11. I like it. I think you and I are going to get along pretty damn good. <laughs> so I know you grew up in uh, Balm Beach, Ontario, around the Georgian Bay area, and you started training with uh, Rabbit yeah. Taylor and Cliff Story, if I'm correct on that, right? That is actually very correct. That's very good research. <laughs> I always pride myself on making sure that all the research I do is on point. I mean, it's hard this day and age with the internet. Uh, you can't trust everything you read. So you always hope for the best. I've been blindsided a few times where I've asked, asked wrestlers questions, and it's like, no. No, that's that's not what happened at all. Okay, cool. So the internet does well, lie. if you get anything wrong at this point, like I won't be upset. <laughs> I already have that, so you're good, dog. <laughs> Perfect. So I, I, one of the questions I always ask first off, right off the hop, is um, I call it the defining moment. It's that moment in your life when you remember falling in love with this business that we're going to be talking about today. When Do you mean like more in the sense of when I knew, like, hey, this is what I want to do? Well, right? it, it, or it, when did I first be like, oh, I like pro wrestling? Pretty much when you when you fell in love with pro wrestling. Like that's what that was the first moment. Not so much when you decided this is what you wanted to do, but that moment where you saw it for the first time and you were like, "This is going to be a big part of my life." 
in some form or fashion? Uh, yeah, so I probably, realistically, probably late 2003, I was flipping the channels, and it was a Jamie Noble versus Tajiri match. It was uh, when Jamie Noble had Nydia, and she got sprayed with the green mist and couldn't see, and she was blind and stuff. And I don't know why. Like, I, I hated wrestling before as a kid, right? But it wasn't until then that, like, I was flipping through channels, stopped for whatever reason, and then just wanted to see more. And then every week, it would just be trying to find more and more and more. And then next thing you know, it's like, oh, I'm consumed. And it was the time around Ben Juan Eddie winning the belts, so that helped a lot too because I was getting the best wrestling on my TV as a champion. So I was like, okay, I really like this. This is awesome, and I kind of just spiraled from there. You know what? That's a, you're right. That was probably some of the greatest times, greatest champions in wrestling history. When you saw those two guys who had worked their ass off with all the struggles through WCW and all the dark days over there, coming to WWE, getting new life breathed into them, and uh, both winning at the same WrestleMania. I mean, you can't have a better feel-good moment than that. I truly and firmly believe that's one of my all-time favorite WrestleManias, so you're absolutely right. You were you were spoiled as a wrestling fan. Not so much now with what the WWE product is doing. Sometimes I scratch my head. I kind of pity my kids because my, my four-year-old daughter and my 10-year-old daughter, um, they love wrestling as much as me and my wife do. And sometimes they watch nowadays. They got the network. They, they can go back. It's true. Especially against that Ruthless Aggression series. That's a good, like, little Kickstarter to go back and watch stuff. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Uh, not so much for my four-year-old because she's a sponge and everything kind of gets absorbed. So I kind of keep her away from the yeah. Attitude Era and Ruthless Aggression. But uh, my 10-year-old, I, I show her all the classics. She's like, Dad, that Raw was pretty good this week. I'm like, no. No, no. Let me show you a good Raw. <laughs> Let me show you a Raw that was like, yes, it was all kinds of fire. So you yeah, I, I went to look to see if it, they held up. Like, and I'm like, they still hold up. I'm like, okay. Yeah, they do. I mean, they stand the test of time, which is kind of the the, the great thing about wrestling is that a lot of things can be remembered and stand the test of time. But in terms of you, so you started training. Then I believe you got scouted. Uh, I wanna hope I get. I hope I get this right as well. You got scouted by Chris Thorne, who's a freelance wrestler uh, for the Niagara region. And then you attended Brock at St. Catharines, and then you also went to train with Thorne at Tri-City Wrestling. Is my research still holding up? Yeah, so, so Thorne would actually, like, come and rent us the ring sometimes. Right? He would bring his ring up. So that's how I knew Chris. I knew Chris for probably about a year, just a little over a year before I actually went down. And, like, I based my schools on, for university, on where they actually had wrestling schools. <laughs> I really didn't care about my program, which is essentially bad. But uh, focused on wrestling schools, I went to, I got accepted to Windsor and Brock, and I went to Windsor first to go check it out and realized, you know what? I just don't like this town. I do not want to live here. <laughs> <laughs> so then you decided to say Catherine's was going to be a good place to call home for a couple of years while you honed so your Brock was, Brock Yep, Brock was it. I literally had a show on, like, the Sunday before Labor Day or whatever it was. Uh, Chris came down to – we rented the ring off him. Uh, I literally paid him for uh, first and last month for training and stuff, right, my deposit and everything, and then saw him, like, three days later <laughs> after I was all moved into my res. 
Wow, man, you didn't waste any time, eh? You were steamrolling, like, right from the get-go. Once you realized this was what you were going to do, you were just all in it right from the get-go. You were all in, literally, from the get-go. Yeah, I, I like the analogy of, like, there's some people that, like, will, like, tiptoe into the water. Some people will, like, kind of wade in from the dock and stuff, right? And then others will just, like, run completely off and jump in. And then I'm just one of those that, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it, so... I got to commit fully, so I'm just going to run right off and jump right in and give her heart. <laughs> well, and you have. You know what, man? I I, I mean, I've I getting exposed to you in intimate settings like Destiny and Battle Arts. It's been great, but also catching you on NWA when you've appeared. But one thing I do want to ask about, because you do have a lot of TV exposure and experience, I got to ask, because this is one of my like all-time favorite game shows. When you were on The Price is Right, I mean, how surreal was that? Can you talk me through that? Well, yeah, that was that was actually a really fun thing. So I, I went with uh, one of my friends from California at the time, and like, so we we went. We actually were supposed to go like the week before, but like we didn't wake up early enough for it. So we we're just like, oh, okay, we'll go. We'll try again next week. But I was like, okay, we have to do it because like it was on my. I had a, like a list of maybe like seven things I wanted to do in California while I was there, my first trip, and like. The first thing on my list was get on a game show, and in brackets was prices right. Nice. So we went, and we go, they take my phone and everything like that. So we're standing in line, and during like the line, they're doing like an audition process and all that fun stuff. It's like okay, they're they're scouting people, right? I got I gotta get I gotta get on their list. They have a list, right? And you gotta get down on the list because they're gonna be looking for you when you get sat down. You can see the talent scouts on the side, the far uh, left side of the stage so it's not too bad and I just cheered really loud almost lost my voice luckily I did not and I got called up in time and I was like okay once once you get called up it's, it's go time but the funniest part was I actually like in all seriousness as the, the girl that I went with uh, I told her she's like yeah I think it would I don't know if I'm going to make it. I was like, well, I'm going 100% on the show. She's like, what? How are you so sure? I'm like, honestly, I'm a pro wrestler from Canada. Of course I'm going to do it. I'm not even worried. <laughs> so the thing that pissed, like, like, look, she was super happy that I won and thought it was, like, the coolest thing ever, but it actually pissed her off because she was like, I'm not mad that you won. I'm mad that you called it. <laughs> oh. Well, you know what? The cockiness. I, I was like, yo, I'm psychic. Your, your psychic, your cockiness, I kind of feel like your character is not just you turned up to 10. I feel like it's you all the time. Like, D-Man D, D Dan Parker would have called that. He would have been like, hell yeah, I'm going to be on Prices, right? You know who I am? Come on. Well, no, it's just, look, I can honestly tell you I'm actually legitimately the luckiest person, like, I know. Like, even if you ask my parents or, or my brother, like, they'll tell you I am literally the luckiest person they've ever met. Like, I truly believe I'm the luckiest person in the world. And, like, it's just manifesting that into the universe and projecting that, right? Well, you know what? There's nothing wrong with having luck on your side. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with having luck on your side. And you you have had quite the string. I mean, price is right aside. Just looking at your accolades, man, just in the research that I was doing and stuff like that, I just couldn't believe it. I mean, you got to you got to pick the brain of Smith Hart. You got to work a Stampede Wrestling show, which I believe was also on your bucket list at one point or another. You've worked at That was on my bucket list. I mean, come on, man. As a Canadian kid, Stampede Wrestling, and you're also working with one of the heart 
brothers? Like, I mean, Jesus. How can My you... first uh, wrestling, wrestling weekend road trip was actually with Smith Hart. <laughs> you got, hold on, on hold on. You, you, got to, you got to literally spend an entire weekend in a car picking the brain of it was, Smith Hart? It was Buck Gunderson driving, Matt Garrett in the front passenger seat, and me and Smith Hart in the back three days. And like, such a funny weekend, huh? <laughs> I, I, if that was me, I wouldn't know what to do. I would just be staring at everyone in the car being like, do you guys know who you all are right now? You're, you're all very big deals. All of you. Legends. Yeah. I think I was only 18 when that happened too. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I would have been 18. Do you have a leprechaun up your butt? Yeah, cause, uh, like I seriously mean it when I say I'm really the luckiest person I know. Like I really <laughs> don't know somebody that's luckier than I am. No way. Like, I'm, I'm still trying to find somebody. Like, if, if I can find somebody, that's awesome. Like, because I'm like, man, that person's really like me. Oh, yeah. Good for you. <laughs> if you could send some of that luck my way, I would absolutely love to have it. I would love to have a little bit of that luck cool. and spare any. The next month's going to be a really dope month for you. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Well, this, this month, middle of this month, starting pretty good because I'm having a wrestling conversation with you. So talk to me about... Let's... Oh, well... No need to blow smoke up the, my ass. I already like you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not blowing smoke. I'm just being completely 100%. Talk to me about Japan. When you went over to Japan, because I know when you were at Battle Arts and stuff like that, you worked with, I hope I'm saying it right, Yuki Ishikawa. I know he was one of your mentors yep. and stuff like that. He helped train you, and I'm sure that kind of was a doorway into Japan. So when you went over to Japan for six months, because we all know, I mean, anybody who watches New Japan Pro Wrestling, which I do, I know you worked with Zero One, so they're another great promotion out there. But anybody that knows wrestling knows that the Japanese absolutely love and appreciate the sport of wrestling. So what was the culture shock for me, for you from going coming from Canada, small town like Palm Beach and stuff like that, and going out to Japan and seeing the difference in how much wrestling is appreciated because in North America, we love it. We absolutely do. But Japan, it's another level. It's an absolute another level. So talk to me about that. So one thing like I always pride my own, myself on was having enough knowledge and research on everything to know what I'm kind of getting myself into, right? So like I watched enough DVDs, tapes, read enough books, right, biographies to like have an idea of what like I was getting myself into right and on top of that I had already been living with Ishikawa right I was actually living with uh, Ishikawa and Santino Morella at the time and I was living with them for like two years before I actually went off to uh, Japan I just never really advertised <laughs> well, we don't feel bad about that we under I mean we we get it I mean that's cool you're living with your mentors you're picking their brains you're training and you're working. Oh, yeah, no, so I, but I think that that has always helped me, right? And I've always had that mature sense and like, always, like, even just being on time and punctual for work, right? So, like, being early was never a thing that, like, I would get in trouble for. Like, I would never be late or anything like that, right? Just because, like, I knew, like, you have to be early. Like, being on time is not being on time, right? Being early is being on time. So like in just the respect, like the thing, like I just I don't know. My parents were like really strict, right on me. So like being respectful was just a thing that like I had to do, which I'm I'm thankful for now, right? 
So like, I, I love the Japanese culture. Like, I really do. <laughs> Japan's amazing. I think everybody should go to Japan at least once. Like, probably the safest place you can go travel. And did you get, when you were over there, did you kind of get noticed by people? As I mean, you were there for six months. You're wrestling quite frequently. Were you noticed on the streets? Was it like, was it cool for you to, for somebody to come up and be like, hey, I saw you last night. That was incredible. People taking pictures, cheering for you or booing for you, depending on the character that you were portraying. Like, how was the whole yeah, overall so, atmosphere? So, uh, so that was actually some co- really cool about that. So like, I would do some stuff for like Samurai TV with like FMW and like Zero One, right? So I'd be, and with Zero One, we got to travel all over the place. And with, with Onita too, right? Between Zero One and the Onita FMW crew, we'd, we'd be doing a lot of t- shows. So I got to travel through the whole island of Japan. And then uh, in the bottom part, I'm like in Osaka, like, because I, I was based in Tokyo. Right, I was probably just around the corner from uh, Tokyo Tower and Hamamatsucho in the Minato region of Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So being like eight hours away and like even like over twenty four hours away from like Tokyo and having people like recognize me or like bring me gifts to the shows, right? That like that'd be cool. Like they bring personalized things like samurai stuff because like I was last samurai in FMW and Matrix and Zero One. So, like, that, that's really cool. I'm, like, very respectful. Japan's awesome. I have nothing bad to say about Japan. If given the opportunity, would you go back again in a heartbeat? Yes, but I, 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 I don't think I could commit myself for six months straight again. Like, I could, like, if I had to, right? But I don't think I, at this point, I'd want to go for six months straight. So you would yeah. go maybe for like a one month, maybe two month kind of tour thing, kind of go back, Last Samurai, Matrix, maybe they pop up again, something like that, or even a one-off show for a week or two? I, you know what, I would do either or more. You know what, I can realistically probably do three months there straight. But I just, I, I'm at the point where I'm like, man, I there's so much other things I want to do too, right? So I'm just trying to balance everything. And I'm not getting any old, younger, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> sorry, how old are you right now? I am 27 now. 27. Okay, I'm 36. So I'm nine years your senior. And uh, you are in fantastic shape. You still got a whole bunch of years in front of you. I know time flies by quickly, but you got a whole bunch of years in front of you. And I think I think you could do another, like you said, another, you know, not to be greedy. We don't want to send you to Japan permanently. We want you back here. We want you repping Canada uh, here as well as in uh, the U.S. and all that kind of stuff. So I think, uh, you know, if any Japanese promotions are listening to this, book him for a month or two and then send him back because we want him back. We don't want to let him go there permanently, okay? We want him to stay here and rep what he's doing in North America so well. One thing I do want to ask you Well, it looks like I'll be staying here for a bit based on our current... uh... The COVID-19 situation. <laughs> yes, yes. You know what? I, I don't want to... Not uh, funny. I'm, no, it's like, not. It's it's a, it's a... It's, it's, just, it's not funny, but you know what? It's just like, what else are you going to do? You just kind of got to laugh at it all, right? It's just make the best of it. Absolutely. And, like, and I think that's Don't cool. stress over it. Just smile and look, give her heart and try to be as productive as possible. Absolutely. And like you said, luckily enough, here we're doing all the things right. 
the numbers are going up and down a little bit, but I think it's still too early with what they're doing with opening certain things. But hey, I'm not a politician. I don't get paid to make those decisions. All I'm trying to do is keep myself and my family safe, and that's all I can focus on. Just like I'm sure you yourself are yeah. trying to keep you and I, your family. I safe. think it's I think it's a little too early too, right? But I understand where people are getting they're crazy, especially with this nicer weather. So you have to like look either you're, you're going to shut everything off and people are going to get really upset, right? Or you give them a little bit and see if we can trust you, right? If we can trust you, we'll give you a little bit. Let's see if we can work out, right? If we can't do it, then hey, better be safe than sorry, right? Absolutely. You you just hit the you just hit the nail right on the head there for sure with that. Uh, question for you. I'm a big NWA supporter. I love NWA. I loved everything that Billy Corgan and Dave Lagana are doing over there. I've interviewed a lot of their roster uh, recently. Uh, most recently it was Thunder Rosa. But before then, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Sienna for a little bit. I also talked to Zicky Dice. Um, so many great talents over there. And you are one of them. You're uh, kind of popping up here and there and stuff like that. Uh, you're with pretty much NWA Hollywood around the 2009 scene and stuff like that. But how is it? Uh, being under, because Billy Corgan has got such a great wrestling mind, very underrated with everything that kind of went down with Impact, which I don't believe was completely his fault. I think he tried to rescue a floundering ship at that point, and it just didn't go so well. But being under the new stewardship of, of Billy Corgan and Dave Lagana and everything they're doing over there with the YouTube platform and how they're exposing this, they're giving kind of that nostalgic old school feel of wrestling back to us, but with a new updated current flair. What is all that like over there at NWA and what they're doing? Honestly, it's an extremely fun show and it's an extremely fun taping to be a part of. Like, it's everybody in the locker room has that same mindset, right? That old school mindset where they're not going in to do a bunch of sequences to be tough and cool to show off to the fans, right? Be like, hey, look what I can do, right? It's like, no, they're going in there to do their job. If they're if they're a heel, they're going in there to get heat, to make you hate them, not to do cool, flashy moves. So you're like, oh, that was awesome, that was awesome. No, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. in my moment, I want to have that suspension of disbelief, right? Mm-hmm. I want to be so engaged into the, the emotion of everything that I'm not taking away, but it's like, oh, well, this looks too choreographed and too stupid, you know what I mean? And they tape everything over there in a weekend, right? Thank you. Like, everything's taped in a weekend, pretty much. A couple episodes back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Yeah, so we'll usually do do three days in a row, right? They've been doing the, the pay-per-view on either the Friday or Saturday, and then the next two days, taping, shooting four episodes a day, four or four to five episodes a day. So it kind of gets really crunked out all in one shot. And a lot of times, I think, the, be- the best way was what, did, what Zicky Dice put it to me was that Man, I won that TV title, and I couldn't tell anybody for like a month and a half because I had to wait for the episode to drop. Yeah. And, and that's the funny part, right? And But I don't know, like even then with everything that I can do with Championship Wrestling from Hollywood as well, right? That's the same way their TV works. Like they shoot it in advance, right? Usually t- two weeks for the Championship Wrestling from Hollywood show and then for the Championship Wrestling from Arizona show, we shoot a month of TV at a time and we'll head off to Arizona for a month, for a day, and then shoot, right? Five episodes, four episodes in a day. That's a long grind, man. Sometimes you're wrestling, like, five matches pretty much back-to-back-to-back because you're setting up the weeks. That's got to be a grind to do that, though, right? See, that, okay, 
I, I have a lot of cardio and a lot of stamina, and I'm just, especially if it's something that I'm passionate about, like, I can just go and go and go, 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 go. Like, uh, people can make fun of me, so if I'm teaching, like, I'm almost like a drill sergeant, drill, like, Nazi style, because I'm always like, okay, again, and again, and again, and then we're going to go, 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 right? Where I'm not, like, necessarily as fun, I'm just a little more serious, right, but... <laughs> no, absolutely. A hundred percent. But have you ever, I mean, have you had the opportunity? I'm sure you have speaking with Billy and Dave and being able to pick their brain. And, and I mean, I know Billy Corgan has one of like, I, I will hope one day to sit down with him for a few minutes because he has such a, a love for the business and, and a passion for the business and a great wrestling mind. But those two guys together, I mean, it's got to be just dynamite. It's got to be lightning in a bottle. You can see the finished product and how well they promote it. But I mean, on, on set, they, they probably have to be literally running a mile a minute, making sure everything's perfect, setting up the storylines, booking everything like that. But I mean, the wrestling minds on those two guys are fantastic. So to be in that kind of flagship, that's got to be something pretty special right now. No, it's, 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 I'm, I'm very fortunate for all the opportunities I've been given and everything I've been able to do. It just added to my portfolio and my knowledge base. I'm like more well-rounded, not just in the wrestling aspect alone, right? Multiple stuff and aspects behind the scenes. Like, like my my name is in the credits for different different acts. Like season two, I was stage manager for it. So like my actual shoot name is in there. The credits on every single episode as a stage manager. The first one, not only did I wrestle, but I was a production hand too. Right. Wow. So you you've kind of been honing the craft behind the scenes. So maybe one day. We might see your style and flair kind of rub off, come through the camera, right? I mean, next thing you know, you might be directing a couple of the episodes. You're trying to get, I guess, you're trying uh, to get every background piece. Well, that's that's the thing. You gotta kind of be a jack of all trades in this industry, especially today, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of learn as much as you can about every aspect because it's only gonna carry over to the other aspects, right? Like my stuff about the film and television, like even my education is film and television background, right? So that mixed with my wrestling makes my wrestling that much better on TV because I know how to work the cameras better. I know what I'm looking for. I know the kind of shots I'm trying to trying to create, right, with everything. And where I'm going to do certain moves and stuff because how a certain camera angle is going to hit it, right? How it's going to capture the fans too, right? So I'm very, very OCD particular about those things, especially when it comes to TV. I think just all the knowledge, especially – that I got with the NWA stuff, all the stuff that I got with United Wrestling Network and the Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, it's really allowed me to expand on everything for both in my wrestling and then behind the scenes as well. Like even like mind producing, timekeeping, like like I've literally done like I think every job in professional wrestling. But obviously being in, in the ring and, and, and telling a story with your dance partner across the ring, that's probably the best part of it all though, right? Oh, that's, that's my favorite. I, I, I realized in high school, I was like, because I, I did video editing, and I, I've done it since, like, grade 7, right? And I'm really actually good on it, at it. Like, I've done vlogs and, like, other productions, like, some matches for Hollywood I've actually edited and stuff, right? So you are so, really a jack-of-all-trades. There's nothing that Dan Parker can't do. Well... I don't know. I think I think it's like, look, any, anybody can do anything. That's the greatest power in the universe is that anything is possible. 
you just have to believe and just be willing to give it a chance, right? I think the biggest thing is people aren't willing to try, right? They'll just beat themselves up or say, oh, no, I just can't do it, or it won't work out. They'll make excuses before they even begin, right? Yeah, no, like, absolutely. Well, you never know. And, like, look, I, I'll be honest, like, I, I've done some pretty cool and awesome things in my life, right? And the more cool, awesome things that I do that, like, I would take a chance and, like, holy crap, I can't believe I just did this, the more confidence it actually gives me to go out and be like, well, if I've already done this, well, why wouldn't this work, you know? I think you're one hell of a positive person. I think your positivity is rubbing off on me. I was kind of in a, a, a downward spiral every day, didn't have a rough day at work. I'm coming here, I'm talking to you, and I'm feeling inspired. Well done, sir. I think after wrestling, you could be a motivational speaker, given the right opportunity. Oh, what? Well, that's, that's actually funny. I actually was doing a lot of motivational uh, speaking on uh, the CWF, uh, Chris Thorne's uh, Winter Death Tour this past winter time season, February and March, going to, up to uh, a bunch of the native communities in northern Canada and doing uh, positivity, go chase your dream talks, and how being positive and not being a bully can allow yourself to actually be able to accomplish everything you've ever wanted and how to diffuse bullying in that way with positivity. Wow. Wow, that's fantastic. That's uh, There's not much I could say about you, but wow. Uh, one other thing I did want I, to... I don't, ad- I don't advertise myself really well. If I advertise myself better, I'd... <laughs> more people would know what I do. <laughs> you know what? I think I think you don't advertise yourself. It's not a bad thing. You're humble. And your resume, your work ethic, just hearing you speak and, and how well you're spo- how well spoken you are. Uh, it's 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 an absolute pleasure. And I'm having a blast so far. We got a little bit of time left, so oh, thank you. one question I do want to ask is um out of all the stuff you've done, all the impressive places you've been, all the amazing opponents that you've been able to face, and they've had the ability to face you. Is there any one opponent or any one match you look at from your stuff in NWA Hollywood, NWA, uh, maybe back at Battle Arts when you've come through, Destiny when you were there, anything that you've done um, in your career over in Japan, if you will, is there one match or one opponent that sticks out to you is when you're either in there with that opponent or when you were in that particular match, you look at that and you say, damn, that was one of my best bodies of work right now in terms of storytelling in the ring. See, I, I'm like my own worst critic. Like, if like something goes wrong, like I'll beat myself up after like so bad. Like I'm such a perfectionist, right? So like, and even then, like when I, like, cause I'll always try to watch myself back. Always. Like, I, I hate when I hear people be like, oh, I don't watch my stuff. I'm like, well, why the hell do you not watch your stuff back? Like, how Like how you do, How do you know how to get better? It's like, oh, I'm just going to wing it. I'm like, well, obviously that's not working. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, like, I, I love watching my stuff. So, like, I have to, I, huh. Like, okay, so, like, I think if I had to choose, like, one that where I sit out, where I was like, okay, that was, that was really awesome, like, Probably Japan, Corkin Hall for FMW. It was my debut for FMW as Last Samurai, right? And it was at Corkin Hall, and I actually ended up picking up the victory. And I was like, yeah. I was all stoked about that. And I actually had a really good match. Mm-hmm. When I went to uh, the Zero One office the next day, Oki was like, D-Man, why do you have such good match for FMW? <laughs> I'm like, Oki, okay, it's because... I'm like, okay, it's because they didn't book me as a young boy. 
<laughs> <laughs> so is that it is his fault? You went and you had a better match for the other guys. <laughs> well, in zero one, I was a bush, as a young boy, so I was quick to get the shit kicked out of you. Yeah. <laughs> right, but then when you went over, right? Yes, yes. And with FMW, they 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 gave me the spot right before intermission, like and gave me a big thing, and I was like really thankful for that. I was like, that's awesome. Well, that's because they recognize the skill. <laughs> they recognize the skill and the level. They know. They know when they saw you walking. They're like, "All right, this man means business. We got to make sure we uh, we do good for him, so he comes back." And uh, you know what? Yeah, like, well, I would have uh, <laughs> FMW training like once a once a week while I was at zero one. Like I would help teach and stuff there for it. I was like, well, I forget what day it was, but once a week, I, I we would have. I think it was either like Friday or Saturday. Like every one of those days, we'd have to do it, and the owner at the time would even do the training too, and he really liked me, so I was like, that was cool. Actually, I was talking to him uh, the other week, actually. And how are they doing everything over there? How's everything over in Japan right now? Uh, so he doesn't own actually FMW anymore. I don't know who owns FMW now. I don't know if it went back to Anita or what, but uh, no, everybody's kind of like some people are still doing shows right with like no crowds and stuff and just everybody's kind of the same thing in the world right hunkering down and as much as everybody wants to do stuff it's like well look is it really worth it right like yeah I know like the show must go on and like do whatever it takes but look is it worth it to hurt or affect somebody else's life right like, I, I get if you want to put your own life in it and the hands go for knock yourself dead. Pun un- unfortunately intended, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, I don't want to see anybody die, but, like, if you want to do that with your life, that's your thing. But, like, I, it's not fair to me to put somebody else's life at risk. You know? Absolutely. I understand. What's your thoughts on that? What's your thoughts on the empty arena matches? Do you are you Are you impressed with what they're doing, or... Do you still find it as kind of like a, a, a maybe a waste of energy, if you will, in this time? No. Well, you know what? It actually, I, I, I like the concept of an empty arena match because it really shows you who can work and who can't work. Mm. Right? So it separates like, the weak if, from the if, strong. Uh, well, it separates the workers from the spot fest dudes. Okay, okay. Because the spot fest guys were connecting based on stringing a bunch of sequences of moves of high impacting to make the crowd go reaction of, oh this looks cool right it's 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 fireworks right mm-hmm. but you can only watch fireworks for so long now if you had like a good story right had a great story and then at the end of the story then you saw some fireworks you'd be like man that story was dope and then you got some dope fireworks at the end it's like man it would make the story feel even cooler right Absolutely. So, like you can see it with like 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 Orton, or, or, Orton and Edge have been great. Like especially I, I I didn't watch all of it, but I saw a little bit on Monday. And like or, Orton's awesome. Like he can talk and he's engaging, even with no crowd there. Right? You're still listening to every single word that he has to say. No, you're. And then there's some people that that you're like you're you're listening and it's like, dude, man, can you learn how to read the script with like some emotion, please? <laughs> I know exactly who you're talking about. 100%. I know exactly. We're not going to name names, but I know exactly who you're talking you, about. You don't have to name names. It's, 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 it's unfortunately a lot of people, right? And it's just like, 
look, you have to keep that passion in there because it's, it's, it's based off, we're in an emotion-driven business. Professional wrestling is built to mess with people's human emotion for entertainment purposes. Whether I want to make you angry, whether I want to make you sad, whether I want to make you happy, right? Like even this week when Becky announced her pregnancy, right? It's like, okay, everybody got all teary-eyed, right? Because that's a real human emotion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Because we're all happy for her. Absolutely. I can't wait. I know that baby is going to be... I, I, I hope it's another little girl so that it's another girl that can beat up on Seth Rollins behind the scenes. I would enjoy that. I think I think two women in the house, I think he'd be outnumbered. I have nothing but women in my house. My wife, my two daughters, and even my dog. I am completely and utterly outnumbered in my home. But I love every minute of it. I wouldn't change it for the world. I wouldn't change it for anything in the world. So when everything is done and the world gets back to whatever the new normal may be, what are, I mean, maybe this could be a straight talk wrestling exclusive. What are the next moves that Dan Parker wants to make in his career? As you mentioned earlier, you're not getting any younger, and I think that's a crock of shit. I think you're, you haven't even reached your peak yet. I think you have so many more years ahead of you that we're going to see a lot of amazing things from you. From this point to whenever yeah, you decide to bring I, it up. Yeah, I definitely don't think I've reached my peak yet. I think I'm, I'm getting close. I'm getting closer to it, but maybe not my peak, actually. I, I, I make the joke, like, I age like a fine wine. <laughs> you age like a 1968 uh, rosé. You know, very light, silly, yeah. but it has one hell of an aftertaste that'll kick you right in your teeth. <laughs> so what, what are the next moves for you that you want to make in your career whenever the world gets back to the new um, normal? Well, I, I hadn't actually told, told anybody this. Well, a few people know, but like I, I wasn't really vocal or made it in public. But uh, I actually signed with a talent agency uh, here in Canada, so I have to do more acting, modeling, and, and stuff like that more, so... Between that, uh, for wrestling, heading back uh, stateside, right? Back with Championship Wrestling from Hollywood and doing some more NWA stuff, right? So who, who, who really knows? Like, honestly, like, I have I have things in store. I had things that I did have planned for this year that, unfortunately, got canceled. Or, well, canceled, so on old, half and half, right? I'll get to it eventually, but I have other goals, like, some educational goals I don't want to say because if I say everybody's going to do this and I don't want everybody to do this and that's why I got to keep my mouth shut of what I'm doing but sometimes it's better to make the moves silently and then like shock everybody like oh man that's a great idea I wish I would have thought of it and like yeah I know that's why I didn't tell everybody I want to make it all my own first then you can have what I leave behind I like it I like yeah, it. no, I, I need every advantage I, I, I'm gonna take. I, I'm not, I'm never gonna touch the juice, so I need everything that's gonna give me an extra foot up on the competition. Well, 100%, man, and you know what, like you said, you are one of the luckiest men in the world, but you're also one of the nicest, one of the humblest, and you're an amazing No, well, don't, don't tell anybody, it's gonna kill my street cred, dude. Okay, I'm sorry, okay, you know what, you're a jerk. So I'm, I'm so like, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm not cock, sorry. Yeah, I'm a cocky prick. You are. You're a jackass. And then people are gonna think I'm approachable, and then they're gonna want to talk to me, and I'm like, oh man, and they're gonna be like, not realize, like, don't you realize I hate people for the most part? You know what? You're right. <laughs> I'm not even gonna release this interview now. This is just a waste of time. <laughs> I'm like, I put on this hard exterior shell, so everybody just leaves me alone, and now they're gonna come up. And I'm like, oh man. 
Nah, be nice. <laughs> it's like that Proacti commercial from the 90s. Everybody thinks I eat too many chocolate bars, but I just have oily skin. <laughs> yeah. I was like, man, live, live, live the gimmick, right? Absolutely. You know what? I apologize. I'm a cocky asshole. Like, I'm a cocky asshole. Awesome. Great. Let's keep it that way. Let's keep it that way. I, I, I strike that from the record. <laughs> Anybody that's listening to this, everything I said was a crock of shit. He's not. He's not any of that stuff. But I do want to take this time out to thank you for being on the show today. And I want to officially let you know. Thanks for having me. No problem. I want to officially let you know you are now a member of the Straight Talk family. You have my number. I have yours. Anytime you want to come back on the show, I would absolutely love to have you. Awesome, man. I'll down anytime. Let me know. All right, perfect. And before we go, if you want to shout out your socials to let everybody know where they can follow all the moves of Dan Parker. Yeah, I guess if you feel like following me, you can follow me on Instagram at dmaninc. Also, you can follow me on Twitter, at D-Man Wrestling. And you can also follow me on Facebook at, I think, DTV, D-Man Dan Parker, or D-Man Dan Parker, one of the two. However, though, I'm really not active on that one, to be perfectly honest. You're an Instagram and a Twitter guy. There's right. nothing wrong with that. Honestly, I actually just hate social media, to be honest with you. Fair enough. Well, you know what? I the time like, that I've I, met you, and I like I did, Instagram because I like looking at cool pictures. But other than that, like I like I just hate social media, and I really only have it because of wrestling. And if I didn't have wrestling, like I would not have social media. <laughs> it's the same thing with me. If I didn't have my podcast and I didn't need to promote my episodes and the amazing stories I'm able to tell, I probably wouldn't have it either. But you know what? I'm lucky about. Yeah. I, I have you as a follower on both Twitter. And both Instagram, and I follow you back. So look at that. We're already following each other. Yep. That's perfect. 100%. You everybody go, else can just follow along. That's it. Everybody, <laughs> everybody can see what we're doing and understand that we are two of the best guys in the business. People just got to wake up and pay attention, goddammit. Jesus. No, it's okay. I like, I like being kind of swept under the radar and stuff, right? Because then it's like, man, where the hell did he come from? It's like, man, I've always been, man. Just open your eyes. Well, you go enjoy the rest pay of your attention. Friday. It's the cheap, cheapest thing you'll ever, you'll ever spend in your life. Just to pay attention. And you'll be surprised how much you learn just by paying attention. Wow. And that, another, another word of wisdom as we wrap this one up. You go enjoy the rest of your weekend and your Friday. Enjoy your long weekend here in May Canada. May 2 4 weekend. Yes, May 2 4 weekend. Not I don't really. know when this will air, but this is, you can tell we're going into May 2 4 weekend. Unfortunately, no camping this weekend, but hopefully soon. I'm going to go in my backyard later and crack open a beer and just watch the sunset. So I'll be camping from my backyard anyways. Oh, well, cheers, boss. Come pie. Enjoy your May 2-4 beer. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. You stay safe, and I will talk to you very, very soon. Hi, you too, boss. Have a good one. You too, buddy. Bye. Well, guys, what can I say? D-Man Dan Parker. This guy's an amazing talent. If you don't follow him, you probably should. Like he said, the cheapest thing you can do in this world is pay attention. And he is somebody definitely to keep your eyes and ears on for when the wrestling business gets back to normal. We're able to do more shows, more product, is able to come out, more events, more shows. Any chance you can get to see him, he is definitely worth a look. As always, I'm your host, your boy, George Bukai. Don't forget to follow, 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 follow the socials. Tell your mother, tell your brother, tell your sister, tell your uncles, tell your cousins, tell your aunts, tell your grandmother. Tell everyone in the world to follow me and keep it up because Straight Talk Wrestling is bringing the best talent in wrestling to you, period. Indie or pro. doesn't matter. I'm speaking to them all. I'm knocking them all out of the park. And it has just been one incredible, incredible time period. The one thing I can say about COVID-19 
is that I've been able to get some really amazing stories locked up because everybody's schedule is freeing up. That's the one bright side I can say about COVID-19. As always, I'm your host, your boy. Tune in next week. Follow the socials. Support, support, support. Got stuff on Pro Wrestling Tees. I have not raised my prices like everybody else. I'm still keeping my shirts at $19.99 because I want my faithful to be able to afford everything that I am throwing out there. And all your support means the absolute world to me. As always, guys, stay safe. Peace, love, and wrestling. And I will talk to you guys next week. Peace. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for another episode on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Also follow us on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And for all our merchandise, you can search us on ProWrestlingTees.com. Thank you.